and side note, I love that we work in an industry where their major note was more potato. <laughs> Prepare to be boarded. It's Jennifer Concepcion on You May Contribute a Verse. I'm Josh Munkin, children's lit author, father, science communicator, and podcaster, joined by Brenna Jennerett, children's lit author, mother, avid climber, and outdoors person, and podcaster. This is the podcast you may contribute to Verse, where we talk to kidlit creators, share their stories, and learn from their journeys. Our conversation today with author Jennifer Concepcion is one I managed to keep up with, despite it being very unrelatable to me personally. Writing middle grade, having an agent, being on sub, someday, Josh, someday. Author Jennifer Concepcion's debut picture book, Potatoes for Pirate Pearl, is slated for an alliterative publication of winter 2023, and you're absolutely not going to want to miss this book's and Jennifer's journey to publication. We caught up with Jennifer during her class plan time, which we very much appreciate, at her grade school in Costa Rica. This is such a charming and conversational chat, and fair warning, there is a lot of agent author sausage making in here about Dan Kramer and Paige Turner Literary, as Brenna and Jennifer are agency siblings. Lots of wisdom on offer here. Without further ado, here is Jennifer Concepcion's verse. But you need, you know, the one person that actually gets your voice at any level, rough draft, polished, whatever. They're like, I get what you're trying to say here. Yep. Then hopefully you find that agent that also gets your voice, which thank God I found Dan because Dan actually understands what I'm saying. Like a lot of stuff I've sent him, he's like, I love this immediately. Whereas I've sent it to other, you know, editors or like agents, you know, at a professional level who are like tearing it apart. They hate it. They don't think it's funny at all. They're like, this is really you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they totally don't understand what I'm trying to say. Whereas Dan's like, no, this is great. Let's do this. Right. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And so now I'm at the point where I'm like, I just need one editor to also like my stuff. Like, come on, let's make this a book. Right. Yeah, like, totally. Let's do this. Yeah. The more I, so. the more I learn about this industry, the more I get that it's really just like Russian roulette. Like you're just playing Russian roulette to get like the right manuscript in front of the right agent in front of the right editor at exactly the right time when everyone's in exactly the right mood. <laughs> like that's, that's really all it's about. Yes. It's like, like uh, to use a less dangerous metaphor, it's like 10, <laughs> 10 jigsaw puzzles jumbled up <laughs> together. That's, that's much more kidly. Yeah, right. <laughs> And we're recording to, to acknowledge the reality of it. You seem to be, you're in a school, an elementary school, and it's Friday. So maybe more apt to use metaphors hinging on <laughs> danger. That's true. My, exactly. After my day week. kind of feels like Russian roulette right now. So I think it's like a, a fair yeah. metaphor. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Your, your environment it, uh, is great. The school that you teach in is beautiful. The very brief like walkthrough that we got as you shifted locations to the library. Uh, it's very cool. It's school. a beautiful school. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's called Futuro Verde and it's here on the Nicoya Peninsula on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica. And it is beautiful. I feel really lucky to have this, this job and in this location and to be with the age group that I am. Uh, I teach kindergarten. So there's like an endless supply of picture book inspiration oh, just every single day. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Are, so Jennifer, well, first of all, 
Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I, I apologize for the issue last time. I don't know what happened because I checked and double checked time zones and was like, no, I've got it. This is totally fine. And then, no, I didn't. To be honest, it, so. no, it's fine. Um, anyways, I'm, thank you so much. Of course, my pleasure. And to be fine, to be fair, it's me. Like I have the worst technology juju ever. So I'm sure it had <laughs> nothing to do with you. It was just me and like my weird internet vibes being like, it shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right this is not happening today exactly. good luck guys <laughs> right no i i also triple and double check today and i'm so uh honored that you guys wanted to chat and excited to be here on the on the call and i and i was so excited i joined oh, an nice. hour ago so yeah you know, we're, <laughs> right. we're doomed <laughs> <laughs> <We're> too, <laughs> eventually we yeah. got it right <laughs> yeah right yeah. we all made it we all made it um so jennifer i wanted to ask so are you from costa rica originally no so it's actually it's a bit of a, a long story but i'll give you the the cliff notes so i was actually born in haiti uh, because my parents were living there so i started my life there and then we moved back to canada uh, and i grew up in canada uh and then after university, I sort of went on a world wander and um, uh, had some different jobs all around and about and fell in love with Costa Rica. And so ended up staying here, finishing my master's degree here and working here uh, in this amazing school. So that's kind of like my really quick where I came from and how I got here summary. Your parents were from Canada and went to Haiti for work? Yes, they were working for a nonprofit. Yeah. And then my, it's interesting, okay. right? Like how we go through these cycles that our parents went through sometimes, right? Like as I look back, I can get that like it's very linked and connected. So my bachelor's degree is in international relations. And I came here to Costa Rica to work for a nonprofit, right? So it's like a very linked, similar story. Uh, and then while here, just kept gravitating toward kids and nonprofits for children and um, and those kinds of areas. And I decided to start my family here. Oh, very cool. So how long have you been in Costa Rica? 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a good long minute. Um, and my oldest son is about to turn 11. And then I have twins that are six. So there's some, oh. yeah, there's, there's some, there's some picture book inspiration there as well. And then because my older son is now getting into middle grade, of course, I was like, I have to try that. So I'm drafting a, a middle grade novel. Same. I'm also drafting a middle grade ah. novel. We should talk more about that later. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, why we I didn't was... get anything in our critique group from Brenna this week. There we go. Yeah. I've been, you know what, you know what I did this morning? I learned Scrivener, which was like, that was going to be all easy and just like, you know, super like intuitive and, oh, I know how to write a draft and like make a chapter and like put it together, which it is now that I have learned Scrivener, but it took me a long time to get through and like piece it all together. And I was like, wait a second, what's yeah. happening? Like, there's so many, like, it does such a good job of setting you up for making, you know, writing a novel like so good that I'm like, I don't even know if I'll ever use that feature. Like I understand how somebody might, but, and I was like, I skipped way down to the part that said, start a new project. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my button. That's where I'm going to jump in. Cause I just need to like, 
Right. I just need to like jump yeah. in and start. Yeah. Learning. No, I Anyways, was sort of like so, yeah. creepily listening while I was setting up my headphones and I heard that you were doing some kind of novel situation. <laughs> I was like, ooh, maybe she'll, maybe we could swap because it's definitely, because it is like a totally different medium from picture books. Like what I'm finding I have to do is do like one yes. week picture book, one week middle grade so that I have a day to like switch my brain over because otherwise I'll be like in the middle of a mm-hmm. chapter in the novel and be like 500 words is more than 500 words. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. You can be like descriptive now. You can describe what's happening. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To the point where I've made notes on the side that's like, go back and describe yeah. what's happening because it's so it's too it's like one line that's like he did blah 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 and it's like there's no setting there's no description no one knows what this character looks like where they're coming from and so it's like oh yeah right I should get back in and really like describe it because there are no pictures now you're like just let exactly. loose so like exactly it's kind exactly. of fun but I also sort of feel like I'm just like free falling so yeah <laughs> That's an amazing description of what it feels like. Just kind of like a floundering and like, yeah. am I doing it right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, what What about you, Josh? Are you Do you stick only to picture books or do you branch <laughs> no. out into other? Yeah. So uh, my, my writing story, I, I write for a day job and I write short form pieces of like 800 to 1,000 words. And so it's a very, very comfortable medium for me to sit, sit in. 10 or 12 years ago, I tried my hand before I really knew how to write for middle grade or, or YA. I wrote what was essentially, you know, a few pieces of manuscripts at that level. Uh, it's too much for my brain. Um, I mean, I've got Scribner and I can handle it, but um, you know, it's a more comfortable place for me to, to, to short format. So all, all the respect to you guys for switching your brain. And my, my question to the both of you is, I mean, do you, do you share those aspirations with Dave? Yes. Yes. as your agent. Like I want to move into this new area. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And when I told Dan, he was like, yeah, he's like, that's cool. I'm actually not, I don't have any middle grade I'm representing right now. And he said, um, you know, the picture, as we all know, the picture book world is so saturated mm-hmm. with stuff that it's like, you know, if you can branch out and because there is such a like a need or like a, a want, I guess, for more middle grade, especially I've heard and, you know, in doing research and stuff, shorter middle grade. So it's not as overwhelming for kids. Like they don't, you know, they don't want a whole book that they're looking at. That's like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get through this? It's like, you know, like a sort of exactly. Mm-hmm. So like shorter chapters, shorter book overall. And I was like, that's actually perfect for me. Cause coming from picture books, you know, you're like, I don't know if I can write a 70,000 word book, you know, you want to sort of stay in that limit. So, yeah. So I, yeah, I told Dan and he was like, yeah, he's like, send it to me when it's done. Like, let's see, let's see what's up. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Plus that'll take me a while to write and picture books. I just, you know, you can sort of bust them out a little bit, <laughs> you know, for, for lack of a better term, because obviously there are revisions, but 
it, when you're just inundating somebody with picture books, you know, you middle grade will take me a while. Yeah. Yeah. Slow your, slow your, uh, he, here's my, here's my next big thing, Dan, kind of. Yeah. Cause I message Dan put. kind of a lot. I'm like, I've got a new one. <laughs> like check this out. So anyways, yeah. Did you have the same experience? Yeah. Before? With the middle grade. So no, 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 I'm, I'm listening. I'm learning as well. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so similar, I've had this middle grade idea for like 10 years since, since my first baby was born. I, as, and I was like waiting around for him and I kept playing with this idea in my brain and like wrote it kind of just like vomited out the plot ish, uh, at that time into a notebook, like just a, <laughs> um, a long hand notebook. So I've been carrying it around with me for the last 10 years. And last year, I finally was like, I'm doing it. And like fast drafted um, 12 chapters, like just kind of got it out, like got, got the structure oh, out. Yeah. And then awesome. it <clears throat> terrified me so much that I just put it away and, never, and was like, it's too scary because like, I know <laughs> that it's bad. Like I know it's not good because I just got it out as fast as I could. Mm. So um, I finally found one CP that was willing to kind of work through it with me. And so just now I've gone back and just like restarted some of the deep edits that I know that it needs and like flushing out the parts where I picture booked mm. it and just noted like actually say what they look like on the side. Yes. Yeah, right. So yes. Replace my illustration notes exactly, with yeah. description. And mm -hmm. uh, signed up for like a little course on how to plot a novel that's based on Save the Cat. And that's really helping me too to like, yeah, to like get the Same. beats right and trying to make sure that i'm i'm hitting mm -hmm. all of them yep. um so I'm, I'm back in the game with that that middle grade um but same thing yeah i mentioned it to dan he was very excited i showed him like my pitch for it like my my little logline thing he was like yes mm -hmm. amazing like get it to me and i was like do you want to see the the draft i have now that's like not great and he was like no <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> He was like, he was like, get it as tight as you possibly can, like as submission ready as you possibly think you can, like be really honest with yourself. And when, when you think it's as good as you can make it with your CPs, then I want to see it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, right. That <laughs> seems fair. fair. <laughs> right. I, um, yeah, same thing. I told him like the basis, like, like the basic overview and he just was like, yeah, when it's done, like then. But so what you're saying though, about doing like a fast draft, like I did my beats, but then, so I'm up, I'm a pantser. I am not a plotter. So doing the beats was already like excruciating. It was like very difficult. I'm like, I don't know what happens in the middle of the book. I'm not even sure I've settled on the plot yet. You know what I mean? Because I haven't written it. Like I have to write through it to get there. So as I'm writing, then I have all these notes because I'm like, oh, well, maybe like this could go here or that could go there or whatever. But so it's been very difficult because every every chapter I write, every idea I write, like everything is a new rough draft every single time. There's no like revision process yet because I had, don't have any, like I don't have enough down. I have like four chapters and then like mm -hmm. a bunch of ideas. So, and I, I tend to do much better with revisions. 
I because then I have something to work with. But <clears throat> no, I'm the same, which is why like I'm kind of proud of myself that I gave myself permission to just like verbal diarrhea it out of me. And then now I can go back and revise and tweak and be like, oh yeah, that's like that's out. Like this character makes no sense. Da 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 da. And like apply what I'm learning about plot and structure. Yeah. Because I'm the same. Like sometimes right. I really struggle to get but- out that first draft in picture books too because I psych myself out about it. So I'm mm. finding it to be a really useful tool to give myself permission to just write a terrible first draft with whatever I'm doing. And then I'm allowed to go back and like fix whatever <laughs> I need to. Brenda was talking about Scrivener. Uh, I mean, knowing we've already covered a uh, lack of technological <laughs> sort of acceptance on your part, what are you using to draft? <laughs> uh, what, or what, uh, like, <clears throat> what tool or software are you using to manage uh, um, a draft that big? Word? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So it's, yeah. yeah exactly. Asked and answered. So I yeah. have, I, yeah. that's, is partially true. I'm using Google docs. So I have Google docs and then I'm regularly backing up with word because I, I think it just makes sense to have like both. And because I need to be able to have a, a document that's well formatted in word to send eventually to Dan. So I'm sort of like trying to make sure that I have both going. And then, um, yeah. So I have not dived into Scrivener. I'm not even sure what that is. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a reason that I, I, I <laughs> asked that question just beyond beyond curiosity for the tool. Because, you know, I, I found myself <clears throat> getting way too into the, the weeds of, let me make sure I understand this tool that right. I'm going to be using as I was working on drafting a novel. Like, I... Scrivener is great for taking notes and, you know, world building and revising and all that. But Mm -hmm. if you get lost Mm -hmm. in the functionality, it's not going to help you out ultimately get the story Mm -hmm. down on paper uh, like Google Docs or like Word Mm -hmm. is. So, you know, use whatever's most comfortable, I I suppose. The function from Google Docs that I like that Brenna was mentioning also is that I can comment to myself on the side really easily, right? So as I'm going through... Sometimes I'll be like mm-hmm. writing on the chapter and then I'll stop because I have had a thought and I'll get my wheels stuck a little bit. And it's nice to just be able to go, okay, side comment. Don't forget about this. Keep going. Like keep drafting fast as fast as I can. So that's one feature that I like. Yes. I have recently started going through drafts of my own, like as I'm polishing them and doing like my own mm-hmm. critique on them mm-hmm. in that way, mm-hmm. like leaving comments or like, suggestions or trying to figure out like if Mm -hmm. you know the plot line switches here the point of view or the tense or whatever but and so to go back to Scrivener really quick so before this morning I also was just working in Google Docs and I would have you know chapter one chapter two chapter three alternate chapter one because you know because I didn't know I like rewrote what I thought might be good and then there's one that's just notes and then there's one that's like 15 beats you know the 15 beats of of the actual book. So like it's helpful in that way, but then Scrivener helps to sort of, um, you know, organize it. But what you're saying about working from Google Docs and then putting it into Word, I also find could be very valuable because the one thing that I was terrified about as I was reading through using Scrivener today, so I can access Google Docs anywhere, right? And it saves it immediately to the cloud. Like it's not going anywhere. Scrivener, if I save it to my desktop and my computer crashes or like, you know, my cat pounces it and breaks my computer, then there goes my story. There goes the whole thing. Also, you don't want to save the cat anymore. 
Yeah, right. Yes. Screw that cat. Like it's over, you know? So yeah. So that was the one thing I'm like, that's a little terrifying because I'm very much like having stuff on Google Docs because I have often in the past lost like, you know, just like years worth of pictures and stuff that I've had like on my laptop hard drive or whatever, and they're not anywhere else. And so I just am like, oh my gosh, if that happens with my writing, I cannot... I, you know, what would I do? Exactly. I and I have, so exactly, anyways, yeah. that's, one uh, I do also have a cat and also three children. So <laughs> that have a tendency to, to touch so many and parallels. Like, spill. And <laughs> yes. So and that's part of why. Yes. It's a real yeah. fear. Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I did not expect to talk so much about middle grade <laughs> and I, writing I tools either. <laughs> I know. I was just going to say, I mean, tell us about your debut picture book coming out. Because, that I mean, that is what we came here to talk about. We got real Yeah, no, well, it was very enjoyable. It was a lovely, like, side avenue. <laughs> um, so my picture book that's coming out is called Potatoes for Pirate Pearl playing with some alliteration there, obviously, you know. <laughs> Just, yeah, I love that. Exactly. Um, and Pearl is a pirate that has a sidekick called Petunia. I wore my parrot earrings in honor of Petunia. Uh-huh. I know that it's a pirate. We, we, were, we were mentioning your earrings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's pretty cool. I like her too. So she needs mentioning that, that Petunia parrot. Um, so they're on a voyage and they <laughs> – are not feeling very well, and it's because they're only eating hardtack, right? So Petunia and Pearl decide that they need to go adventuring for some new grub, and they go on a bit of an adventure and find a farm, and a farmer called Faye, and Faye rescues them from their food-deprived, terrible nutritional state, and they get to learn all about potatoes because Faye is a potato farmer. So uh, they learn the whole process, and Pearl, in typical Pearl fashion, is trying to steal the potatoes. And after they kind of, like, learn all about how potatoes are grown and why they can help your body, um, it's time for Pearl to set sail once again. And Faye is like, dude, you don't have to steal. Here's a whole bunch of potatoes that you yourself can grow on your own ship. And then they're fast friends. And Pearl sails off with Petunia, and Faye sends them on their way. So that's the the short version. Spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> you have to put a, yeah, right. a spoiler alert on that one. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. I, I love the idea of of the pirate trying to steal them, and then yeah. the fact that, like, guess what? You can actually grow as many as you want, so don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> you did can you, have them. Did actually. you set off, mm, pun intended, did did you, pun intended, did you set off on the voyage to write this uh, understanding that it was going to be as layered as it is? Because I'm, th- I'm hearing things about nutrition, about agriculture, <laughs> about piracy, uh, and about friendship. And uh, I mean, the manuscript, without having read it, sounds like it's doing a whole bunch of work uh, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, it's definitely, it's very, very layered for sure. Um, so the story behind this specific manuscript is in 2020, I went to a webinar hosted by Emma Dryden and Feeding Minds Press, who is the publisher for for Potatoes for Pirate Pearl. Uh, And they had just advertised on on Facebook 
that they were going to offer this free webinar to describe a bit more about what this specific publishing house was looking for. Uh, and they were looking for manuscripts for picture books that had realistic agricultural depictions in them, but that were engaging and interesting for children. So uh, I had had some ideas about a piratey manuscript. And then it just so happened that right at that time in my kindergarten curriculum, we were talking about plant life cycles. And I was looking at delivering a potato-driven uh, unit. And so my little brain was like, ding, potatoes and pirates. And like, how can I make that fun and agriculturally relevant? So I, I rough drafted it um, and sort of like tweaked it up a bit. And this was kind of at the beginning of my submission journey. So I uh, had my first CPs take a look at it and I sent it in, in like August, I think of 2020. And then um, didn't hear anything. So just kind of assumed it was a pass. And then signed with Dan after submitting other manuscripts to him in J June, J June, July, <laughs> somewhere, one of the days of <laughs> 2021. And then that same July got a revise and resubmit for this manuscript. And what they said was, uh, we love the idea, we love the concept, but we want more potato and we want the fact... <laughs> We want the fact that Pearl is a pirate to matter more. So actually, that, that is when mm. the stealing of the potatoes got worked into the manuscript. Because I was like, would a pirate just be like, that's very interesting. Thank you for those potato facts. No. <laughs> right. No, she would not. She would, it's something she wants. She would just take them, right? She would plunder them, basically. Right. I you, you are appealing deeply to my own personal de demographic, which is uh, more yeah. potatoes, please. And uh, let's le let's care more about piracy. <laughs> exactly. And side note, I love that we work in an industry where their major note was more potato. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say that's great feedback. Like, I, I love that so very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So only in the picture. Book exactly. World. Yeah. And so then uh, Dan really helped me with that uh, pass, like that editing pass to incorporate what they were looking for and to make sure that we made the manuscript as visual as possible. Uh, so we sent it back, I believe, like at the end of August of 2021. And they offered like a week later. Oh, That's wow. So yeah, yeah, that part went pretty fast. And then the rest was pretty slow, which I, I am learning is very typical of this industry. So it took a while of like back and forth, like I, I want to say two or three months of back and forth to get the contract to the place where Dan felt comfortable and I felt comfortable and they felt comfortable. And then we signed it in November and I started the editing process with Emma Dryden, who was the editor, and Julia who is the representative from Feeding Minds in January. And we just finished like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So just to, just to track the, like the interesting journey that this manuscript went on, uh, this originated prior to you signing yeah. with Dan with the webinar. And it's, it, yeah. it sounds like this manuscript mm -hmm. was particularly tailored to the interest of Feeding Minds. Is that right? In, and I guess what I'm asking That's for exactly is like, right. not that it was written to spec necessarily, because it's a story that could be submitted to any other, you know, publishing house, 
but it sounds like an interesting relationship in that, you know, you're going to embark on this journey with Dan tailoring to one specific house rather than saying like, let's make this as broadly appealing as possible. Uh, appealing being another yeah. unintentional. Pun. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> no, no. I have one too, if you want, just, just while we're going down the side road of puns, what's a pirate's favorite food group? I don't, you know, no. Asparagus. Carbs. Carbs. Oh, <laughs> shoot. I was trying to get an R in there somewhere and I couldn't quite make it fit. Nice. Well, what's a pirate's favorite sock? Argyle. <laughs> this is the point of the episode where everybody turns us off. <laughs> or, or they say, yes, we love these yeah, right. people. Give really us more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some editor is listening and they're like, I want to sign all their books. Send me all their stuff. (laughs) Exactly. It's time to pause the mirth for our Chewy Reviewy book break. Remember two things. One, check the Chewy Reviewy hashtag for more info on this cookie pitch endeavor. And two, reviews are one of the most significant ways you can help boost your favorite author's work. Here are our reviews for the week. Mine is Bikes for Sale by Carter Higgins, illustrated by Zachariah Ohora. As an author, this book has a lot for me to model. Three-act structure, multiple protagonists, spare use of words, and an absolutely hopeful, meet-cute premise for which I would love to have seen the original pitch. Two bikers, one a lemonade seller and the other a stick collector, ruin their bikes in a crash and thus become besties. What a fun story. Brenna's Choice is Maybe Tomorrow by Charlotte Agel and illustrated by Ana Ramirez Gonzalez. This book portrays the best possible way to be a friend to someone who's going through something. It's done in a relatable, kid-friendly way and accurately shows that sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is nothing and just be there. And speaking of being there, now back to our conversation. I do I do also have a manuscript in process right now that's called Oh my gosh, nailed it. I love that so much. <laughs> we'll bleep it out uh in the episode just to maintain okay, your thanks. privacy so you're not yeah, and then thanks. we'll just so no we'll one tease it out. no one steals that one. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> smart. We'll totally yeah, we'll block that. Oh, that's smart though. I like that a lot. What a great concept. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah. So um but where were we yet with Dan? Yeah, yeah, the, the Dan journey. Um, so yeah, that's true, that it was like a very specific manuscript. It wasn't the manuscript that he signed me on. Uh, but when he saw it and I asked him, um, hey, I just got to revise and resubmit. Are you willing to look at this? He said, yes, took a look and was like, wow, I think there's a lot of potential here. I can really see the areas that we can work on it. So yeah, I'll represent you on this one too. And I was like, great. And then that's what we ended up uh, selling as our first our first book together. How long? So interesting. There's kind of parallel paths. Uh, so you had signed with him with another manuscript that's not not, not quite acquired yet. Yes. Um, and then said like, "Look, I'm going down this this parallel path. Can we kind of incorporate this into the process?" Yeah. And and at any point, I suppose you could have sort of broadened that out and said, "Look, this feeding minds." didn't didn't go for this let's just let's put this on traditional sub um but it just happened mm-hmm. to work out mm-hmm. so yeah good on you and what what is the publication date Thanks. on it again uh winter 2023 so 
from what I understand, the goal is to have it come out in November of 2003, mm -hmm. but it could extend a little bit past mm -hmm. that. So it kind of depends on how the illustrations um, develop. Chloe Bergett is the illustrator that they've hired to work on it. Um, and what I've seen from her is incredible. Um, like all of her other work, I'm really excited about her style and how it's going to apply to Pearl and Petunia and Faye. I think it's a great fit. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. what what was the process for starting out with Dan then? Was he, um, at what point did you sign? So I started my sort of like quest for an agent in 2020. I'd been playing with the picture book uh, format for several years, but had never really had the confidence or given myself permission to say, I want to do this and I'm committing to this process. Um, so in 2019, I think we had talked a bit about my sort of educational journey as well, but I um, took on a master's in education. And so then the pandemic hit and everything was really just crazy. And I had I still have three children, but they were much younger then, <laughs> which, which is a, a whole other set of challenges. So, I mean, I did it. I finished it. And I was really proud of my thesis and how the whole process went. And I just kind of like sat down with myself and did some introspection and was like, you've been talking about this writing thing for a long time. And if you can do that, i.e. finish a master's while working full time, while parenting three children in the middle of a pandemic, you can do this writing thing for real as well. Like give myself permission to say, I want this and I can do this. And I am going to pursue it with the same drive and vigor as I have in other areas of my life. So started to listen to podcasts, like look online for all the tips, all the blogs, all the contests that I could enter um, lists of agents, manuscript wish lists, trying to find um, like other people that were also interested. Um, and yeah, just kind of like dived in, made a list of agents that I'd found that I thought I would, you know, vibe with or that sounded like a good fit and just started pressing send and just sent out as much as I could. Um, so then by 2021, I had been chosen as a finalist in the PB party, the picture book party. Oh, very uh, cool. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with a different manuscript. And right around that time, there was some interest from a few different agents. So I guess I'll back up just a little bit. So between like December 2020 and May 2021, I got about, yes, I'm just looking at my spreadsheet here. Yeah, I had five full requests. Oh, wow. So, yeah, was able to send them some other manuscripts. Um, and Dan was one of the ones who was interested. The process, as I said, was like really long. So the response time is always longer than you think. So yeah. it's like months and months later sometimes that they'd had my package. And like they, several agents started saying like, no, this isn't for me. Good luck. Like keep going, da, da, da. Uh, and... Dan came back and said, I'd love to set up a Zoom call with you. This was in like late May, early June of that year. And one other agent said that they wanted to have a discussion with me. So got on those Zoom calls. 
um, and just really felt a connection with Dan that I did not feel with the other agent mm. uh, and just felt that he and I were able to communicate in a way that would be conducive to creative output. Um, because yes, I was looking for a business partner, but I'm also looking for someone who I like. <laughs> because, yeah, right. Because, <laughs> right? Because the idea is that we're going to be business partners for, you know, my whole career. Ideally, that's what I would, I would love. That's the dream, right? That's the goal. Right. Um, and I just feel that he did get and still does get my voice, what I'm trying to do, the heart of my stories. His feedback is, is given and was given in a way that just makes sense to me. Like, I understand what he's saying. And I'm like, yes, totally correct. Um, that was a really long-winded answer to a really short question. Well, <laughs> then I'm doing my job right as a question asker. Yeah, right. <laughs> to get the full journey. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, but that's so that's anyway how I arrived at signing with Dan in like June, July of 2021. Uh, and so far, it's just been a really positive experience. Um, I feel like he really like listens to me. He gives feedback when I need it. Um, and yeah, he's like very professional and direct, but like friendly and nice <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like you both have kind of the same general timelines. You both signed around the same time with Dan. It's just kind of like scaling up Page Turner. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. right. I, um, yeah, actually, Jennifer, I was going to ask. So when you, because you sent out like queer, you know, you started querying lots of agents. So mm -hmm. did you find... How did you find Dan to query? Because I didn't, the way I found him is I, like, I didn't know, I was, I was not querying. I was just doing contests. Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for a contest. And I'm always like, well, why not? Right? Like just enter everything. So my husband's always like, you won another one? He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, well, if you look at the numbers, like the actual, like I, I enter everything. Right. And then you win like a fraction of them but because you know the entry number is so high like it seems like you win a lot you know like just critiques or books or whatever whatever it is anyway so that's how I found Dan like he was doing a contest and was offering a critique and then a zoom follow-up and I was like oh cool so I jumped on that because I was like he was an associate agent for Flannery at that point but I was like yeah like I want an agent to look at my stuff and do a critique that would be rad so I won that and then we did the zoom and the critique and the whatever and I was like I said I was not querying because I didn't have I didn't have enough manuscripts to go out to query with in case somebody asked me for more like there weren't anymore I mean <laughs> there were but they were not polished so I wasn't anyways so I sort of like stumbled upon him by accident which was you know totally lucky and awesome and all of that. But so I'm, I'm just wondering, how did you come across him? Um, so we talked about my kind of querying period, which was basically like May 2020 to about May 2021. It was about a year. And in that time, I sent out 57 queries. Oh, wow. So nice. those are, yeah. So th that's the stats is like 57 queries, five full requests, and then in the end, two agent calls. Um, but I found Dan on Twitter, so I got on Twitter. We've already covered the fact that 
technology and apps are not my <laughs> forte, but, but, but one of my CPs was like, no, you have to get on Twitter. Like there's so many contests. The kid, like community is amazing. And I was like, fine. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I got on there, um, and just started connecting and started looking for agents that were on there, editors mm. that were on there, publishing houses that were on there other writers and just following as many of those as I could. Uh, and I believe that Dan just came up on like the little suggested thing because he was posting a lot of hashtag kidlit or something. Mm. And so I was, I was looking at things that he had posted and he was at that time and he still does like a monthly joke, like a punny joke. <laughs> yeah. And We've we've already also covered the fact that I am a sucker for a good pun. <laughs> like I I love it. It's like max humor for me. Yeah. So I was like, oh my god, we have the same sense of humor. This is amazing. And he had posted something about his like little manuscript wish list. And at the time, the manuscript that I was shopping uh, as like sort of the lead in my query was uh, a bilingual story a spanish english story uh with a lot of heart and he had specifically said he was really interested in representing bilingual manuscripts so i just texted i just like commented on his tweet i think um hey i'm jennifer i live in costa rica i'd love to query you are you open for queries right now it's a bilingual manuscript and he was like yes i would love to read that just make sure you put in the heading like from twitter and i was like okay sounds good so he was at Flannery at that time as well. So I sent my query over to him. Uh, and based on that one manuscript, he offered to set up the call like a couple months later. Because I don't know for you, Brenna, but he didn't ask me for more. Like he didn't say, Same. I want to see more. He just liked that one manuscript. And we signed our initial contract based on the one manuscript. Same. Yeah. Which I really, um, appreciated. So I know, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, that's a red flag. Or that means, you know, they're just signing based on, you know, per project, which if you want a career agent, then that's, you know, not something you want to do. But I really like the way that Dan has it set up because it doesn't mean either of those things. It means we're signing based on this manuscript and then together going forward, we can mutually decide whether or not we, yes. A, want to continue this relationship B, you want to terminate it, or three, if we would like to also, you know, go forward with other manuscripts together, which, you know, has been, I, I just thought that was a really great way to do it because it's sort of like, you know, everybody talks about finding the right agent and how did you know if they're the one and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, it's like a marriage, but it's also like way more intense than a marriage at first because like you don't even get a chance to really date necessarily for lack of a better term, right? You're just like, you get the one call and you got to make the choice. I mean, if you're going to marry somebody, you take as much time as you want to date, get to know them, whatever, you know, you maybe have a long engagement with an agent. It's like, no, you have to either decide or like you're in or you're out. Like they're not gonna, you know, people aren't just going to stick around forever. So you just kind of have to like take the plunge. And I felt like, with signing with just the one manuscript, it was a way for us to sort of like prolong that period a little bit, like get to know each other, work on like, you know, editing and passing mm -hmm. ideas back and forth and decide like, is this going to work? Because there's, you know, there's that clause in there that you can just opt out whenever you want, either of us, you know, mm -hmm. like if this isn't working or, 
you know, like he's not listening to my ideas or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Right. Which hasn't been the case. (laughs) No, no, it has not been the case. But so I, I just thought that that was like, you know, that should be taken into consideration. Like anyone who's listening and looking for an agent, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are not going to be a career agent because I very much feel like Dan will be a career agent for me. As of right now, I have three books on sub with him. So it's not like we signed the one and then he was like opposed to doing any others. Like I send him stuff like kind of constantly and he's like, he's, you know, he'll, he'll look at it. He'll give me notes or he'll really like it and we'll put it out or whatever it is. Right. We're like in the process of like going through manuscripts, like constantly, it's like a revolving door kind of. So Anyways, I just, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I feel like I, I should like I should email him real quick and just say like, look, we're talking about you a lot. Do you want to come on here and just like correct the record? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or we'll have like a rebuttal episode that airs after this. No, no, that's not how it went down yeah. at all. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. No, that would be super interesting to see if his like recollection or description of the process would be the same as mine or as yours. It would be really interesting to hear his perspective. Um, But I I really resonate with what you said that, you know, it's not necessarily a red flag that they want to do only one. I mean, we signed on that one and then he represented me on a different one completely that sold right away. Mm -hmm. Um, Easter egg there may soon be some exciting news on the original manuscript. Oh, snap. Vague publishing. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You guys can't see this, but Jennifer is doing like jazz hands, like sparkle fingers. It's it's very good. (laughs) Very apt for the moment. Dude, awesome. Let me keep my fingers crossed for that. That would be so exciting. For sure. Yeah, so like like you said, it doesn't mean that that agent is going to be like a bum agent or only right. want to work on the one. I mean, this guy, I feel, is really like working his butt off for me. So yeah, it's, it's very much appreciated. And across the board, I mean, all of his clients feel that way. He's got a like, you know, mm-hmm. a full roster of clients plus a full-time job, plus, you know, like plus like, you know, a life mm-hmm. he's got to live. So like... He's a real got, spouse, yeah. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, he's got stuff going on. So for every one of us to feel like he's listening and like working really hard and like trying really hard to get our stuff out there, I feel like, you know, speaks a lot to him. I feel like whenever we have a Dan client on, it tur- it takes a turn at some point where we're all just like talking about how great Dan is. So <laughs> I apologize. You make it through diverse. <laughs> yeah, sponsored, sponsored by Page Turner Literary. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> So anyways, that's that's what I have to say about that. But um, Jennifer, did we miss anything that you wanted to say on the podcast before we let you go? Because I know you're you're also right in the middle of your full time job and your your school day. That's true. I have 14 more minutes of planning time. Oh, snap. Thank (laughs) you so much for giving us so much of your planning time. I know as a teacher, that is a big deal. So I thank you. No, of course. I really appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate the chance to talk about the upcoming book that's coming out. I'm really excited about it. Um, maybe we can do like a follow-up when the book's about to come out or when I have a, a real cover that I can show you guys. Yes. Because um, I would love to do that. Yes. We would For love sure. that. We'd love to have you back on. Let's do it. Definitely. <laughs> and let For me sure. know about trading. Oh, sorry. Trading middle grade chapters if you want. I would be into that. I would 
to say I'm dead serious about that. <laughs> Email me. <laughs> I will. We're making relationships here on the podcast. I feel like I feel like at some point too, uh, we will have run the gamut of Dan's clients, and we'll need to have some sort of like page turner roundtable. Like let's let's get everybody together and talk. That would be. Especially if I'm not, I'm not part of the stable. That would be very odd. <laughs> I have to flex my interview chops, but <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be so much fun. And I, I really enjoyed, you know, having getting a chance to talk about that as well because um, it can feel like a bit of a vacuum, right? That you're just in like an empty room talking to yourself, and it's nice to be able to chat with people like on the same journey and experiencing the same things and like going through the same process. So I, I really appreciate that. You may contribute a verse. Thanks for listening this week. Find out more about us and our guests and the artists behind their cover and theme music at our websites, verse.show, renegenerate.com, and joshmontgords.com. See you next verse. Bye.